In our ever-changing environment, it is important now more than ever to look at the way we do things. The initial step in changing our methods is changing our thinking. It is vital that we have the conversations to investigate and propel positive change within our industries and communities by looking at different ideas and adapting new mindsets. The Reset and Rethink podcast is about continuing our connectivity with rural and regional communities and the people that sustain them. It's an over-the-fence look at people's lives, ideas and actions that inspire us. We hear from strong individuals, community members, business owners and industry professionals who are making way for real change in their patch and beyond. Welcome to the Reset and Rethink podcast, brought to you by Cherup, empowering and supporting rural and regional communities to thrive. So in today's episode, I'm speaking to Alyssa Herman, who is a finance specialist with a strong background in regional businesses. Alyssa is Director, Finance and Lending in Central Queensland with Bentley's Finance and also creator of Teach Me Money, which is a program she designed to improve your financial situation and remove the stress about money from your life. Welcome, Alyssa, and thank you very much for speaking on the Reset and Rethink podcast. Um, So just to kick us off firstly, um, can you give our listeners just a bit of background, a bit of um, tell me about yourself? Yes. So thank you very much for having me on the podcast today. Um, it's, it, was a, it was an honour to be invited. And um, so I am originally from Gundawindi in southwest Queensland and have been living in Emerald in central Queensland since 2011. I have a family, three young children, a husband, and I, as as Simone mentioned, I'm the Director of Finance and Lending for Bentleys. So Bentleys are a large agri-accounting firm throughout Queensland, and uh, in my role in Emerald, I look after their um, agri-finance and uh, support their clients and other agri-businesses to structure their finance, find good deals, help them get into new properties. Uh, And about the, about just... At the end of last year, um, probably when someone in Wuhan ate an undercooked bat is about the time I decided to create Teach Me Money. I had been to a presentation by Noel um, Whitaker and I knew everything he spoke about, but it had such a profound effect on the audience that it could be so simple that I created a business called Teach Me Money, which is about trying to um, trying to educate people on the basics of finance, show them that it's not that hard, it's actually it's pretty easy and you can get it done and forget about it. So, um, yeah, that's my story to date. Do you think you're always destined to work in finance and with money? Um, Potentially. I always wanted to be a vet when I was in high school, uh, but I didn't have the science brain at that point to do that. And um, in grade 12, a teacher, I'd started studied accounting and she said to me, you should do something in accounting, but I always wanted to do something with the land, having grown up um, in agriculture, uh, but knowing that I wasn't going home to be driving tractors. And she said, you know, down the hill at Gatton is um, University of Queensland. They do agribusiness. You should go and have a look at it. So what started as um, something that I fell into um, and then from, from uni went straight into a graduate program with First State Bank in agribusiness. Um, flourished into a promising banking career, um, mostly by accident and because I probably I didn't know what else I could do. So, and I loved it. I was good at it, but most, and probably the bit I loved the most was the customer, the customer interaction was definitely, um, 
yeah, what kept me there for sure. What does then a typical day look like for the Director of Finance and Lending at Bentleys and the creator of Teach Me Money? Is it a juggling act like the rest of us? Yes, like most um, most parents and uh, working people, we, it is a huge juggling act. So I'm generally up, um, I'd like to say at 5 o'clock, but there's quite a few snoozers that get hit between 5 and 5.30. Um, I try and get up before the children just to have an hour of, I actually do just a bit of self-study, a bit of self-education, um, it really uh, grounding to write out my intentions for the day, what I want to achieve and what I'm really grateful for in my life. Um, and I, that usually gets interrupted with the children coming in and I um, start to get them off to school. I go to work at around 7 to 7.30. And finance is one of those things, one of those industries that doesn't sleep. Um, someone's always buying a car, buying a house, um, succession planning, wanting to fix in rates, wants to talk about term deposits. There's always someone doing something. So um I only formally work four days a week, but generally on my fifth day, I'm always on the phone, um, you know, processing and massaging deals through the system. Um, uh, yeah, so it's a pretty full day at work and my day can involve staying in the office. It might be flying to Brisbane for meetings when there are flights available or driving to Barcaldon or Plomont or Kilcummon or the Arcadia Valley to meet with clients uh, on farm and then putting deals together and then spending a lot of time with my relationships with the banks to understand what bank will help which client in the right way and then getting those deals done and then home to children and all that entails, which is, you know, dinner, homework, uh, folding the washing, uh, yeah, and then hopefully potentially a little bit of downtime. So that's my day. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about what you love about living and working in regional areas? Because obviously there's the option to work in a multi-storey building in the middle of Brisbane. Why did you choose to be here? I think I always had um, visions of me working in stilettos with a briefcase in New York um, and I'm in flat shoes <laughs> with a handbag and emerald and I have to say I've really got no regrets about that. Um Emerald is a fantastic location. We've got such a diverse amount of agribusiness. Um, we've got everything from citrus to macadamias, beef, cropping, um, and everything in between. And in Emerald, you can be running five minutes late and still get there on time. You can make a huge impact on your community in regional areas. Um, you can always also go the other way if you're not doing the right thing. Um, but you can make a huge impact. You can be, you know, as the president of the local kindy group, I got to meet a really diverse network of, of mostly women in our community that I normally wouldn't have any any have come across. Um, I I love that I know people in our local council. I can go and have a conversation with them. It's um it's really easy to do business in terms of um, your network and your community, and and it's got a great sense of community out here in the bush. So yeah, that's why I um. That's why I'm happy to pass up the stilettos in New York. Yeah, but I will go there for a holiday. Really? <laughs> you have just painted a picture of a very full and busy life. What's your favourite part of all of that? It's the clients. It's, um, you know, the work is is the network. It's the doing the deal. It's, it's putting, you know, the right client with the right bank, with the right accountant, the right solicitor and, and working as a team to get those clients what they want, whether it's the new property, the new tractor, um, the house at the coast. It's it's putting all that together and at the end of the day, 
um, the dollar figure doesn't matter. It's about, um, yeah, helping those customers, and it sounds really cheesy, helping those customers realise their dreams. But, um, yeah, working with in a team um, to be one of those trusted advisors for a customer is a very – it's a job I take very seriously and I'm very humbled to do it. If we could just shift focus to some advice or information that you could give our listeners – can you explain a bit about how you put yourself in the best position with your bank or lender? What information do you need? How can you present yourself in the best possible way? Great question. And we're seeing a lot of that at the moment. Um, probably what I would suggest is different things for different purposes. If you're looking to invest off farm, buy a house or one of your children are, the best way that they can be prepared or you can be prepared in that instance um, it's really understanding where your money goes now. So it's um, having a budget and then actually doing what we call an actual budget. So what did you actually spend in the last three months as opposed to what you thought you'd spend? Because that often highlights to us, um, highlights where you're spending money that you didn't realise and um, you can very easily um, you can go to the bank with a clear picture of where you spend your money and the bank understands, okay, this is actually where they spend their money. They've done the time. They've spent some time researching um, their own personal history, making sure your tax returns are up to date. You've got your notices of assessment. Um, you've got a clear picture of what you think your house is worth or what you're going to buy. You know who your conveyancer or solicitor will be. Uh, you're basically packaging. The bank sees hundreds of applications every week for finance and you want to package yours up to be the, the best and the prettiest with the best bow. So often I'll say to a client, I'm going to take all this information, I'm going to put a pretty bow around it, we're going to tidy up all the loose ends and we're going to get it to the bank. So there's a lot less chance that the bank can say no and there's a lot less time that the bank will take to say yes. Um, in terms of agribusiness, um, I think having a, a, an accountant or advisors that work closely with you to understand your cash flow um, I have a lot of agribusiness clients that will say, I don't want to do a cash flow. They're not worth the piece of paper they're written on. But banks these days uh, won't lend you money without a cash flow. It's just the way it is. And you go to the bank with a cash flow already done, understanding your livestock numbers and your livestock schedule um, is really critical because that's what a bank makes its decisions on. And they look for you know, what your breeding rate is, what your mortality rate is, you know, is your forecast sales price in line with what you've sold it, your cattle for previously. Also asking your bank, because they often do a lot of sensitivity on the cash flows that you provide, what sensitivity what, what, what sensitivity um, do they do to that cash flow is a good question to ask your bank. So you might present a cash flow that shows a great surplus, um, but once they're finished with it, it might have a negative. And so it's really understanding from the bank's point of view, what do you want us to show you? Um, and also your assets and liabilities. So really understanding what your assets are worth from market sales in your district um, and understanding what your plant and equipment looks like. So um, having, you know, if you've got a number of equipment finance loans, understanding what your EF commitment schedule looks like and having that already pre-prepared. Can you explain more? Yes. EF commitment, commitment schedule. schedule. So an equipment finance commitment schedule. So I've got a lot of clients that perhaps have six or seven trucks, cars, graders, dozers, whatever it might be that they're financed through their bank and having a schedule, which is just a spreadsheet that says, this is the loan contract, this is the grader this is when we bought it, this is our monthly repayment and this is when it finishes. So you can easily open it up and as you buy something, you can add to it. 
Uh, and that's just a really clear picture that the bank knows that you know what you've got, um, what, what your commitments are. Um, having your um, situation set up, so maybe you're in a partnership and you think that you should be in a company or a trust to take better advantages of um, tax or succession planning, um, having your accountant and your solicitor have those uh, agreements set up before you enter a contract um, is really beneficial and saves a lot of time. Um, banks probably don't, the bankers in regional Australia, there are some really great ones, but they probably don't have the level of um, uh, approval that they used to be able to have. So uh, they don't, they're not able to say yes in the field anymore. The deal's got to go to Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, and when it goes to those places, you want it to look the absolute best, similar to if you were buying a home, because you really only get one crack at making a good first impression, as we all know. Uh, first impressions count and they last, so make it a good one with your bank um, and when it goes to, to credit. So that's a very long answer to that question, and I'm sorry if I've gone off topic. No, absolutely. We'll probably go off topic again then. <laughs> and, and can I, I guess, just get your insights into... Um, you know, we, we you just spoke about rural lenders used to have that sort of discretion in the paddock um, and that doesn't really happen anymore. What are the other insights about how, I guess, things have changed and, and the fact that banks may not look at you for what you are really good at doing, which is being an agricultural producer. They also want to be dealing with professional business mm. people and so what is, I guess, the balance between um, or, or what can you suggest about being that person yourself or surrounding yourself yes. with those people? Yes, absolutely. It used to be, uh, you know, you, if you were a good cattleman, you'd get a loan. Um, but now there is a, a level of professionalism and business acumen that banks want to see, particularly in larger families if you're going to buy the next property or you're bringing the next generation through. So if Jim's coming, uh, he wants to retire and he's bringing John, little Johnny through and he's 22 and wants him to start running the business, they want to see that the son or the daughter have the tools for that um, that business. And if they don't have the tools for that business, who have they got in their corner? Like business advisors, um, accountants, solicitors, perhaps they're going to RCS courses, perhaps they're involving Cherub in terms of the safe station, they want that really, really does add a, a, a good level of comfort to a bank so that when a bank looks back on an application, they can say, well, these are the reasons we lent uh, uh, um, John the money to take over the farm because, yes, he was young, but he had all of these people to help him. He was getting outside help um, and he was also educating himself through Cherub, through RCS, through those different programs that are available. So I can't. Um, uh, ignore the importance of, don't ignore the importance of that um, extra business acumen that's required these days. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to ask you to gaze into your crystal ball, which I know is difficult. We're in a time of record low interest rates. What are your thoughts about how long that will last? Obviously not forever. Forever is a long time. We will have low interest. It will be a low interest rate environment for a very long time. The only thing you may see is that there's this thing called cost of funds. So the banks get their funding from more than one place. They get it from the deposit holders in Australia. But because we don't have enough deposits in Australia, they have to go offshore to America 
predominantly overseas, and source money and bring it into the country. And in good times, those countries will lend us money at cheap rates. But in bad times, like we're going into a recession and there's all this trouble at the moment, they're saying, well, we would prefer to put our money in America, American dollars, good, bad or otherwise, regardless of your opinion, that's where the money generally goes. So if you wanted Australia, you're going to have to pay more for it. And that's where it's called cost of funds pressure comes in. And we saw it during the global financial crisis um, where interest rates fell, but rates overall didn't fall because the banks um, passed that cost of funds on to their, um, their customers. So if you're looking to do your existing finance for agribusiness should be right. It will be what they call quarantine from the cost of funds. But if you're looking at buying a property in the next couple of years, you may want to factor in that your cost of funds on that new purchase may be higher than what you're paying at the moment. Um, yes, in terms of home loans, you can get a home loan fixed rate at the moment for 2.19% um, is the lowest I've seen. I don't think I don't think rates on home loans will go up. Yeah. Um, and I think the idea of us going even back to 7 and 8%, which is where rates started when I first started banking, I don't know that we'll ever get back to that point while I'm still working in finance. How we manage, how we manage that and what we take on um, at the moment based on that, is there a, one or two, I guess, important tips or tools that you can give people um, if, if they find money hard, if they find finances hard, if, you know, the thought of a budget is hard, what, what I guess, do you suggest? Um, Good question. Um, I love money and I love finance, so it's a hard question for me to answer in terms of trying to understand people that don't. But finance, money is like health. If you have poor health, it will dog you for years to come. And if you have poor financial, um, um, what's my word I'm thinking of, Poor financial behaviour, it's its a lifelong problem. So first thing I say to people is, have you got a budget or a cash flow? Um, in particular for people like myself, I'm a PAYG employee. I know my money that's coming in every pay. I've generally got set bills. Um, I should have a budget, but I should also once a year do actuals to budget. So what am I actually spending compared to what I am spending? Because I can tell you the difference will be quite large. Um, those people that think they spend $200 a week on groceries for a family of four at Woolworths, you're way off the mark. If you add up all your food bill over the week, it's a lot more than that generally. So a budget and a budget to actual is very important. Um, another part is um, for PAYG employees is your superannuation. Um, you don't have to do a lot. It's a really boring topic. But make sure it's with the one super fund. Make sure it's low-cost super fund. Make sure you have a nominated beneficiary. So a nominated beneficiary decides where you go, where your super money goes when you die, and that is not covered by your will. It is separate to that. So just keep that in mind um, and just make sure that your super, you know, just read the statement once a year. Um, and what else would I suggest is to um, have a goal for your money. Have a, have a goal for what you want to achieve, whether it's to pay off your home loan faster, get into the next place. Um, have a goal because that's what will keep you on track when money gets hard. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you. Um, and I guess lastly, 
Um, where can people find you, Alyssa, if you've inspired them to take better care of themselves and their money? Where can they find you? You can find me in a couple of places. So I work for Bentley's Finance in the main street of Emerald, 62 Edgerton Street. Um, I also have a Facebook page under Teach Me Money. And every Friday I do a Friday finance and it's just a two or three minute clip about something that has come to my attention in the last week when I've been dealing with clients and their finance needs. Um, I think this week was about the um, building grant that has come on the market um, through the government. So you can um, get a bit of a backstory on, on what I'm up to and what I do through Teach Me Money through Facebook or at Bentley's Finance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Alyssa. I know that for you and I, this was a first time for both of us. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Simone. Well, that's it for today's episode. We can't wait for you to tune in with us next time. In the meantime, if you're enjoying our podcast series, please share, rate and subscribe so we can continue to keep creating this content for you. This podcast has been funded by the Local Buying Foundation and we thank them for their support. For more information on the foundation, go to www.localbuyingfoundation.com.au.